Hello everyone, welcome to episode 10 of the Hawkins Do Copy podcast. My name is Lauren. And my name is Emily, and in this podcast we talk about all things Stranger Things. Mixed it up. There we go. Oh, we love that. <laughs> I, Thank I you. love a little bit of a sing-song at the end of a sentence. I'll be honest, I don't know where it came from. I kind of just rolled it <laughs> over. Yeah, okay, cool. We're going <laughs> to sing today. So, to carry on with this month's theme, today we are going to be talking about Suspicious Minds, which is a novel by Gwenda Bond, and it was the first official Stranger Things novel, which was very exciting. And I was really, when I found out about it, I was really looking forward to reading it. I think I got it pretty instantly and read it in one go because bonus content. I think this one as well is one of the ones that we can kind of consider canon. I think it's pretty much been confirmed. Yeah, I think this one was worked, like I think Gwendolyn worked with Netflix and the Duffer Brothers. Hmm. Or at least Sean Levy. One Um, of them. One of the one of the people involved mm. to work on this novel, so I think this is the one where I sort of consider it pretty accurate, and the information is something which is gonna mm. or could be used in the show. Yeah, because it's I suppose kind of like the Will comics we were talking about last week as well. That it it fits in pretty well, like where the Will comics kind of like fill that gap. This one, yeah, it really nicely fills that prequel. And I think it even fits pretty well with the flashbacks we've seen within the show yeah it's pretty consistent i think there's like a couple of bits that we noticed when we were planning and sort of rereading it but i think overall it's a pretty consistent storyline yeah with information so suspicious minds focuses on dr brenner so because of this our question of the week for you all today is do you think dr brenner is still alive and let us know on our social medias, so our Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, which is at Hawkins Podcast, um, or YouTube, I guess. Yeah. Messages on there You as can well. watch us on YouTube. YouTube's not very nice to us at the minute and doesn't let us upload the whole episode, but you can see a more uncut sort of unedited first 15 minutes of every episode on our youtube channel yeah we're um, not worthy which yet. You c- yeah we're not worthy yet um, but if you come over and follow us and subscribe eventually we will be worthy and we can upload the whole visual which would be very exciting um so yeah so if it's something that you like to watch and you can comment in the youtube comments then obviously you can um head over to youtube as well and leave your discussions in those comments if that's your social media that you use whatever's easiest (laughs) what do you think emily do you think dr brenner is still alive Mm. i did until the end of season three i think me too because i think unless it's very early season four i don't know how they're gonna get it to work because they can't pull a season five. Look who it is. <laughs> no, I agree. I thought he was. I was very convinced that he was still alive uh, up until season three. So it was season three where I sort of had that moment of then they're, they're not going to do this anymore. Like they can't do it again. They've already pulled this plot line. Mm. Uh, I mean, they've pulled it twice now. Is L dead? Is Hopper dead? Is Brenna dead? I don't think they're going to do it again. Um, And also, I just think there's so much happening Mm. now that his storyline would be a bit Mm. 
Yeah. As much as I really want there to be a scene where Hopper punches him in the face. Yeah, I think too many yeah. twos. I mean, I mean, I'm sure as we have gathered from the other podcasts, I think that Will's going to have a bit of a time in season four. And just judging by the patterns, and I don't think that we then him having an issue four times. So, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That I don't think it... No, it dramatically, it's not going to be the best thing, I don't think, for them to do. Unless they yeah. call the whole Brenner is number one thing. That is the thing, yeah. Um, which could be an interesting hmm. debate that he is some kind of monster or some kind of demogorgon. Or... Hmm. But, but then... then it's how do you introduce that again, you know? Yeah, and I think that's something that we'll be talking about in a second anyway. Well, actually, we might as well go straight into it. So, like, one of the themes of suspicious minds and is the idea of kind of like a human monster and i think that's something that the yes. duffers are very much part of because i mean the tagline actually for the book um i might be paraphrasing slightly um just from how i've written it um but before the mind player before the demogorgon terror worn a human face which to me kind of suggests that it's a very human thing going on here very good tagline oh yeah. very good tagline and the Duffer brothers did say that they wanted to go down a more human route, like human terror route with Billy. Yeah. Um, so the fact that they've said that that's something they wanted to do and then they've chosen Billy to actually demonstrate that in the show makes me think that their exploration or the exploration of Brenner being that is in the book, not the show. Like he's not going to come back in the show and be... be that but he the fact that they are sort of focusing on him and like you said him being the human evil suggests that he is human yeah and in a way i suppose i I kind of hope it is kept to that because i think the mind flares and the demogorgons all that kind of stuff it it, it works in the context of i think the context of the show when it's like we're not talking about a show you know what i mean It, it works because you had that kind of element of supernatural and you've always got that yeah human part of it like for example if if l suddenly turned around it's like i'm actually not a human who has been involved in mk ultra in some capacity but i am in fact an alien from mars who is taking over your world from another dimension you'd, you'd be kind of like oh well i'm a bit let down because there's too yeah. much supernatural it kind of I don't want to say trivialises, but it sort of takes away from the fact that the people that conducted those experiments mm. were evil. Yeah. Like, MKUltra is a real thing that really happened to people. Mm. Uh, there are there are survivors of MKUltra that were affected for the rest of their lives, whether those effects be physical, but also mental. And I think the mental effects have had such an impact on so many people mm. for the rest of their lives and and then the the people behind those experiments were also human beings conducting those experiments on other human beings mm. and that's that's scarier i think than a supernatural monster yeah because i think yeah. that a, a human could do that to another human being is terrifying because yeah. i mean like for example in season two that's probably that's probably a bit easier than season three because it was the first time we were really seeing it. Like in season two, yeah. when you have that kind of scene of Will being taken over, like it's all going in him. That like you watched, it was like, oh, okay. But I don't think I was ever really scared. Yeah. That because I I kind of expected it. 
and it was leading up and you thought, okay, this is going to happen. And it was obvious. But you don't, as you said, don't expect humans to be able to do that to other humans. And if it was, this could sound really gross, but I mean, if it was like a human that had somebody like, I'm going to put myself within you. And like, even yeah. if it's just like, you would look at that and think, oh my God, how can you do that? That's a yeah. really gross example. But you know what I mean? That, that That's more shocking than yeah. a supernatural, like, super evil or whatever. Especially if you think about the fact that this is, that it is something that's real, like people have differing views on the supernatural existing some people think that it does some people think that it doesn't i'm not here to say one person is wrong and one person is right but i think that you can't dispute the idea that obviously other human beings exist Mm -hmm. and so then to know that to know that you could do that to a child to know there is there is a grown human man that has been putting children in such awful positions and experiments and doing like taking children away from their families and doing all of these because this happened like mm. this actually happened not to the extent where 11 had there was a character there was a girl called 11 who had superpowers mm. obviously you know but well from what we know but like unless montauk was actually real in which case yeah unless montauk was real but then but that's the thing that you think well, well children were taken and and there were experiments on people that should not have ever happened and that was the government doing that. that's the government that's like someone in power that's an official person mm. who you think you can trust you know you think you can trust the government you think you can trust people in authority but you can't like mm. because they do stuff like this and then try and keep it a secret for years but you say it, please I, don't come I, for me the u.s government <laughs> but what you did was wrong <laughs> i think it's safe to say that that's a major theme within the book the human monster yes (laughs) yes that is a huge theme and one thing that's really interesting is so the book is actually set in the hawkins lab or in the hawkins general area but a lot of the book is obviously set in the lab because it focuses on what brenner is doing um and it's set in 1969 and the mk ultra experiments uh started in 1953 but they started to be reduced in 1964 and then reduced again in 1967 and then it was 1973 when they were officially halted so it's really interesting to me that this is set in 1969 which is when so many of the experiments had been reduced and it was almost completely finished um or completely halted and shut down and that this lab is in a small town it, you wonder, does Brenner know that what he's doing is wrong? I mean, I don't know how you could do those experiments and not think you were wrong anyway, but does he know he's wrong? Does he know that they're being reduced? So he moves to a small town in the middle of nowhere hmm. in a lab which is not as popular as a lab, say, in the middle of New York or in the middle of, uh, like... Indiana, like the a, a, a bigger state in Indiana. I know Hawkins isn't a real place, but like a bigger state in Indiana. He moves to a very small town with not a very big population where everyone knows everyone, but sets up the lab there because no one's going to be thinking that a small town could have something like this in it. Yeah. I'd be very interested to know, actually, then, if... I don't, is it, I don't know if it's actually ever said in the show, if Montauk actually exists as a thing. As a place? No, oh, as... oh, does Montauk exist in the show? No, it's never said, is it? No. So, 
I mean, it could be a thing then they're kind of going, let's make this one talk or whatever. But it just seems yeah. very... I'll be very interested to know if it is something that operates alongside that then. Because to me, I mean, yes. even though obviously that in our previous podcast we spoke about MK Ultra and not Montauk and how that worked, but to me, what's going on in like the Hawkins area seems more related to MK Ultra than yes. the Montauk experiment. So that's why I mean, I'll be interested to know then if on the other side, because even though they use kids in Montauk, it was more. I mean, I might Google it later. <laughs> But obviously, as well, they stopped in 1973, but Elle is still having experiments done to her in 1983, you know, so Mm. he's carrying on with these experiments 10 years after they were supposed to have been stopped. Mm. And I think that was something that was in Montauk as well, wasn't it? That seemed to carry on into the 80s as well. And it was only really... Yeah. I mean, well, people think they still go on, but that's besides the point. (laughs) Yeah, well, MK, people say that MKUltra continued way after they officially stopped them and they just never officially said they were happening. You saying about children, though, is interesting because Terry Ives, who is Elle's mum, she is a main character in this book. So this is actually how she got involved with the lab and how everything happened to her. This book focuses on her a lot. Um, and she snoops in the lab at one point because she's on to Dr. Brenner and she knows that what he's doing is not okay. And she actually finds a project folder called Project Indigo, which has all of the kids, well, all of the, the numbers from number one to number 10 hmm. in it. So 11 isn't in there because she's not been born yet. Um, but he's got from, from 001 to zero one zero in this book in this folder with all of these projects in it and terry knows at this point she's met callie she knows that callie is number eight but there's all this information about all these other all these other numbers in there Mm. so he's got a subsection of what he's doing for children yeah which on that note then it has to be said that that is something that does contradict with the six comics um i don't think there's no, I don't think it can even really cross over, can it? Because we would be presuming that... I think Callie's too old, isn't she, in the six comics? Yeah. Or that Elle's um, born. That, that's the biggest discrepancy, that Elle's, Elle's born. born in in the six comics. Um, the only thing that I can say that fits is that Brenner has known Ricky, who is number three, hmm. his whole life, or what we assume is his whole life. There is a theory that Brenner is Ricky's dad. <laughs> Um, and Ricky has known number six for a really long time. And the only thing that I can think for it to make sense is it's Ricky that suggests to Francine number six to come to the lab. And it's that Brenna maybe had told Ricky Hmm. and had her file before she even came there knowing that eventually she'd be there yeah i don't know if they want us to be that clever do you mean no that's the only Um, only thing that's probably me reaching and and trying to find a thing that's the but that's the only way i can say or there was another number six and they died and then it's replacements yeah that that's that is one way they could cover it i suppose that I think the only one it doesn't really fit for is number one, because we know that's one that for some reason cannot touch. Yes. So I would presume that that one, whoever it is, is the same throughout. 
Yes, I would say that. Um, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it could be a case of then covering... I mean, obviously, it's sketchy to be in it, but kind of covering up if they're dying. That That's yeah. one explanation. But it, it does, as we said, contradict with the comics, because that suggests that they're already there, or have been there. Yeah. yeah. Isn't there something about there's not much data on them, though? Or aren't they said that they no, failed, there's... or something? There's not much data. The The stuff that Terry sees is that they're based on their heights and stuff that is seen, they're obviously children. Yeah. That's what she says, but because she's in a rush, because she's, like, spying, mm. she doesn't get a lot of information, but it's about projects that Brenner is conducting. I feel like there is something in there, and I might be, I really hope I'm not, like, quoting fanfic or something, but I'm sure <laughs> there is something in there about how they're not really showing anything and they're not showing the potential. Much, yeah. I think that is right. I think that is... Yeah, it is, isn't it? That is canon. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're not really showing potential, which is a bit weird with number one, but watch number one be absolutely nothing. Yeah, like number one will never be mentioned ever. No. <sighs> yeah, just watch that happen. Like this whole time we've been saying they're not allowed to talk about number one. Like they're not allowed to do this. Number one's never been mentioned, and then turns out no one's number one. I would be so disappointed. <laughs> so should we get it into a little bit of characters, then? Yes. So yes. Um, I like the characters except Doctor Brenner. I think it's a good cast. Yeah. What's interesting, we'll bring this up really briefly, um, you can kind of pair them up with the party. Yeah, we had fun doing this. <laughs> kind of, because I think they give themselves a name, and I, I thought I wrote it down, but apparently I didn't. But it, is it the Fellowship? Something like that, yes. They call themselves yes, it that. is. Yeah, which is interesting, because obviously... The party! Know, yeah, the party, Mirkwood, all of that kind of stuff. So I feel like there's meant to be a parallel there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can kind of match them up. It gets a bit funny when you get to say Will and Max and Lucas. But on the whole, you can kind of pair it reaching a bit. But so yeah. we have, we'll quickly go through them. We have Ken, um, Alice, Gloria, uh, Andy, Terry, and I feel like I missed someone. Brenner. And Brenner. How did I miss him? So they're our... I'm Dr. Brenner. They're our core characters. Um, yes. What's interesting about them, and we will go into a bit more detail of this, is that Ken actually seems to have a power, so to speak. Yes. Um, outside of that. Um, so where the others have to be on the drugs. Um to be able to tap into, like in the case of Terry, the void, or in the case of Alice, who we'll obviously talk a bit more on, um, the literal upside down. Um, he can kind of sense the future and has this kind of idea about what's going to happen. I don't think he can control it, so to speak, but there are a few moments where he knows no, yeah. when people are, say, going to die and yeah. what the gender of a baby is. And things like that. Yeah, like he can feel something about a person or a place or an object. Like he can't 100% always say what that is, but mm. he knows that there is some significance to that. Mm. Um, and it is sort of like a sixth sense. Yeah, 
Which, for him. Yeah. I mean, to me personally, that is very... He's here. Um, yes. From season three. Um, just saying. Um, but, yeah, it, he's a really interesting character. He's also the only one that we don't have a surname for. Yeah. Which, to me, feels significant in some way. Yeah, I think, like, I feel sometimes a little bit like when I was doing my English GCSEs and was annotating poetry and was like, the curtains are red to represent anger. Um, But I think when Stranger Things is involved and there's things to do with it, I think the decision to not give someone a surname is, I think, a very strategic thing to do. Mm. It just, yeah, especially when... To be the only yeah. one. You know, if, if only Terry and Andy had surnames, but the rest of them didn't, I'd be like, okay, they just didn't go into as much detail with them because they're not as key characters or not yeah. as core characters because the book's about Brenna and Terry. Yeah. Um, but it's not. It It's everyone but him. And he also has a connection to the lab because he is dating one of the technicians from the lab who, like, we don't know anything about their relationship. He reveals it to Andy um, and says it to Andy sort of on the down low because the technician that he's dating is a man, so he doesn't want everyone to know he's not. Obviously, this is the 70s, uh, the 60s um, in Indiana. He's not going to be broadcasting that information. I don't even think it was legal at that point. No, it wasn't. Um so he's not broadcasting the information, but you think he has a very specific tie to the lab because he's dating someone that works in it, and you think, does he know more than he hmm. is telling people that he knows because yeah. he's not going to tell people because he doesn't want to reveal his link to yeah. it. Because he ne- he's never really... He's not evil. No. He's not. No, no, he's definitely fighting not. He's like, nice. for the size of good. Size of good? Yes. Side of good. That's the right word. <laughs> he's fighting for the side of good. But I think they are a bit wary of him, if I remember this right, because obviously they don't quite know where they're standing, etc. And I think, to be honest, if there was, like, taking myself out of it, if I had, like, a friend that suddenly would just be like, oh, I can feel that this is going to happen here, or this might not be a good idea, I would be naturally feel a bit like, I don't know what you want me to do, because... I feel like, doesn't he encourage them to stay or something at one point? Yeah. Which is a bit sketchy in in itself. Yes, whereas, like, Terry... Like, Andy is, from the get-go, this is so suspicious. Mm. Um, Like, the whole thing. And then Terry and Alice learn pretty much, like, as it's going on, this is not right. No. Like, Alice actually goes into full, or like, paranoia because of the mental effects that she's having. And then Gloria also is very, like, this is not right. No. The Gloria, actually, I mean, she tries to get out, in a sense. And yes. she's... But she she's very clever. Well, we might as well go into Gloria, then. Um, she's very clever, yeah, in a sense. Yeah, I like Gloria. Yeah. She's... She kind of figures out what's going on and tries to use it to her advantage. So there's an interesting moment, I think it's maybe towards the end of it, when she speaks loudly about how, oh, I want to go away to study 
somewhere else because she kind of knows that she wants to see if they're listening and then the next week she knows she gets home and there's Brenna sitting at the dinner table with her parents discussing about how um, she's like doing essentially good for the lab and all that kind of thing and Mm -hmm. isn't allowed to leave Hawkins which yeah yeah and it's that terrifying moment there as well like as well like we were saying about human evil is that this is a government official this is someone who is has authority and has a power and i think in the 60s we i mean i say we i wasn't born in the 60s i don't (laughs) no one near born wasn't even a a concept this was literally set the year my mother was born um but i think this is the concept of like uh, you trusted people in authority Mm. you know like i think awful things didn't happen so, uh, yeah as we said she kind of uses what she's figured out to her advantage in a way there is a moment this is definitely towards later in the book when her alice and terry kind of figure out this plan to get them all out of the program save i think it's callie yes yeah they want to save callie get everything sorted and figure out you know expose the government essentially which as we know doesn't quite go to plan no does um, not go the way one would want. No. Yeah, it'd be interesting if Gloria does pop up at any point within the series that we know that she does own, or did, in the time of the book, own a flower shop, or work part-time in it. She was a part-time florist, according to the very reliable Stranger Things wiki. Um, very appropriate name as well, Gloria Flowers. Yes. Almost like it was planned. Um, <laughs> one um, would think. Yeah, so... Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, maybe maybe we already know her, maybe, you know, we'll see what's going on. I'd, I'd be interested to know if Maybe she she's up. been in Malvolds. Maybe she has. Maybe she is related to Lucas, because we still don't know the parents' names. <laughs> yeah, what if she's Lucas's mum? We don't know her name. No, we don't. Just Mr. and Mrs. Sinclair. That's all we know. It'd be a nice time. It would be a nice little time, I think. And it'd be interesting as well, because she obviously has knowledge about... I mean, obviously, they are very versed in what's happening at Hawkins Lab. But she kind of has that insider information, and she'll have information that I presume that Terry would have told her, like, okay, there's this going on here. It's a way to get the numbers into it, which I said last time, I'm not sure if they want them into it in the series. But you know what I mean? It would tie in nicely. That would be really good. A theme, actually, for season four is it goes back to the beginning, doesn't it? That's a big thing about how it all ties together. And the lab is something that does tie it all together. Because it's the big bad that's been there the whole time. Which, I wonder if we are kind of overlooking it then. We will get back to talking about suspicious minds in a second. But this, this <laughs> but if you it's think... us, you can't make us like give us a theory <laughs> and then expect us to not elaborate. But you think about it that maybe we've all been thinking what's bigger than the mind flayer and like the mind flayer, the big bad. But actually, what if it is just the lab? The lab yeah. is technically the big big bad, isn't it? It's where it's like all evil, started. Human evil. Yeah, it's where it all started. It's literally where it all starts actually because terry is the start of it if we want to think of it that way yeah i just don't know how russians fit into it that's my thing well they they just want 
for power as well, don't they? And obviously it's America versus yeah. USSR at the time. But it makes sense, actually. If we're seeing a Demogorgon then in Russia, wherever Hopper is, um, it makes sense then that it would tie back to that because obviously the Demogorgon was the thing yeah. that started it. Once again, if that's what happens in season four, you heard you it You heard it here first. <laughs> Um, no, I think Gloria's got you. There's a bit where she actually pockets her drugs as well and fakes the high that she's on. Mm. Um, and they believe her. They believe that she uh, mm. didn't actually, like, put, she, they don't know that she pockets them. So she is clever and she's aware of what they're looking for. Mm. So she's very mm. in on what they're trying to do. Yeah. It says here on the wiki that her experiments focused heavily on interrogation and borderline psychological torture. And that's actually kind of why she wanted to test the boundaries of their freedom and see how intent the lab was in keeping them around. And I think that's... I mean, it's very clever, really, isn't it? It is. Like, she's not an inpatient, but they still are able to trap her in Hawkins, Mm. which is scary. Exactly. So, should we go on to the next one, then? Alice? Let's talk about... Alice is really interesting. Actually. Yeah, she has visions. Yeah, so I think her, if I remember this right, her torture, I guess you can call it. Um, it is. Yeah, that she's subjected to is electroshock. Yes. Yeah, so she had yes. electroshock torture. Um, and the moment, I think for me, the moment that the book kind of got real, so to speak, was when we're kind of reading about what's happening to her and suddenly she finds herself in the upside down. And for me, yes. that was kind of that moment of, oh, wow, okay, yeah. how, how did this happen? Which The description yeah. of that mm. was really quite jarring because it says ash fallen skies mm. is how that's described. And that is so apocalyptic. Yeah, which you could say as well then, if we go back to like our future theory, is that kind of our, not necessarily our proof, but is that really showing us that? But it's also interesting about her, if we think about it, that she sees Eleven, doesn't she? And doesn't realise she's seen Eleven with the Demogorgon. Yes. So really, yeah, yeah. she kind of is seeing the future. Yeah. Which kind of makes you wonder that if we think about Will in season two then, when he's finding himself switching. I know obviously Alice is having electroshock and Will is just having a time. Is that kind of... I mean, he is. He's having a time. He is having a, a really awful time of it. Yeah. Is that same kind of thing happening then? That is he seeing the future? Because it is that ash-driven sky. But anyway, back to Alice. Um, so yeah, she kind of finds herself there. Which, yeah, it really does tie it together. Which kind of makes the whole thing of season four, the big bad kind of really come full circle then with the idea of that I I mean I am now for the theory that the lab is the big bad yeah I've decided right now (laughs) maybe like the whole lab is like some kind of time machine some kind of it's just I don't know know, there's just something about it that's just weird but no so as Alice is going on she's actually kind of finding herself really kind of paranoid about what she's seeing because she's obviously not sure if it's real. She doesn't, I mean, and I personally, if I was yeah. 
in her experience, if I suddenly found myself transported somewhere with, as you said, like the ash falling from the skies and all that kind of thing, it's going to drive you mad, isn't it? Because yeah, you're not Yeah, it would be want. terrifying. Yeah. It would be absolutely terrifying. And, like, the electroshock therapy whole thing is just horrific that mm-hmm. is that it's a thing and that people use it. So to have that constantly put on yourself must be awful anyway. And you are going to start to question your own sanity. It's... Mm. So, yeah. It is scary. Mm. So yeah, as we know, she then starts to see the Demogorgon and she does see a girl fighting the Demogorgon and she doesn't obviously quite understand what this is all meaning, naturally. And Brenner eventually does discover this, which gives us a nice tie actually to season one then, when we know that he makes um, Elle reach out to touch the Demogorgon. Yeah. So it kind of makes you think then, is that coming from that rather than just Elle randomly coming into contact with it? Because how would he know it's there? Yeah, this is the thing. And it's, it is scary to think that like this whole time he's been in the lab and like he's had these experiments and he's been doing this along like on, on the down low, sort of these underground experiments and that he's still doing it that he's literally had people go like the the mental effects of them have been so awful that he has been able to make people think that they're just not okay yeah and it's and that he's been able to just continue what he's doing and you just think what on earth Hmm. like that type of power is just for him to think, okay, so she now thinks that she's going insane, and then to think that Terry has, um, what what's happened with Terry and everything, and you think, but then he's still there, still doing these experiments, still trying to reach out to monsters. Hmm. Is it's just completely baffling the power that he has, and that's what's scary is that he's just a human being, hmm. from what we know. Yeah. Um, Alice does eventually get away. The, yes. They manage to take a death. And she manages to escape away. What's interesting as well um, is that um, I'm obviously on the Strange Things wiki at the same time because they describe it a lot lot better than any of my notes. Um, It says here about how um, Alice offers to tell Terry her future before she goes, which Terry says no. And I don't know, maybe it was the right choice. Maybe it was the wrong choice. I don't know what I would do in that scenario. That would have been a good question of the week. <laughs> hmm. I don't know, because you wouldn't want to know, because you're involved in something which is so tricky. Hmm. But also knowing, then, do you try and stop it and then make something worse? Hmm. But then if we think about... If we go back to kind of the theory of... I keep bringing up Will, but this also fits really well. This the idea that we said about how Will was meant to be taken to, if we presume that the whole Mind Flayer theory thing, so he was meant to be taken to eventually become the Mind Flayer and stuff, would Alice telling Terry her future actually would have made any difference then? Yeah, is it a set in stone future or is it a future you can change? Yeah, and I think it's one of those things... Is it going to happen anyway? Yeah, well, we don't quite know, presuming that time travel is a thing in the universe we don't quite know what strand it's following either yeah. so is it kind of like the grandfather paradox thing etc yeah or is it more 
uh, it's not Philosopher's Stone, that's the wrong book. Prisoner of Azkaban. Is it more that kind of thing? Like, it's... Yeah. Don't quite know. Where it's going to happen. Yeah, it is hard. Hmm. I think, like... I don't know, I feel like in this universe things are going to happen anyway. Yeah, I think that's one of the things. I don't think you're going to be able to escape it. Because, I mean, thinking of season two, again... Will tried so hard to change that, didn't he? He was running away. Yeah. The one time he decides to go, no, get away from me, because of Bob, bless him. Um, <laughs> he still is, you know, taken. His body is snatched, essentially. And yeah. even when he thinks he's free of it, in season three, he's not free of it. So no. it's, I think they're on that kind of thing that you can't actually change it. Yeah, I think that, like, I feel like Terry is not the type of person that would want to know. No. Because she is a fighter. Like, she is like Elle. I feel like people don't talk about that enough, that the parallel between Terry and Elle. Like, we said about how they link together, and they do. Yeah. But obviously she is her mum, but she wasn't raised by her. She wasn't brought up by her, but they are very similar, and their drive to fight is very similar, and wanting to help is there. Mm. And that's what I really liked about seeing more of Terry, is that you could see so much of Elle Mm. like in her and and where Elle got so much of her yeah her fight which is I think Terry is a really underrated character yeah I think especially within we'll talk about her next well I don't think there's that yeah, much more to say about Alice is there really apart from she gets away she gets away maybe she'll pop up too maybe she maybe she will maybe they all still just work in Hawkins hmm. and are just keeping an eye on everything yeah undercover and alice from canada anyway <laughs> but you know what I mean that it'd, it'd be interesting to pop anyway maybe she's back maybe she came back and like with a different name and yeah actually yeah maybe just to like keep an eye we'll see we will see Who so, knows? should we pair terry and andrew together because i don't think there's much on andrew to be honest that yes. we haven't already kind of mentioned before so, yeah, for those Terry. that don't know, Andrew is, is Elle's dad. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> yes, she's, she's, she's Elle's dad. dad. She has a dad. I was convinced that Brenna was going to end up being her biological dad, but mm. is not. And I didn't want that, but I was just so sure that that's what that was going to be. But her dad is called Andrew. Andrew Rich in a different world. She would have been Jane Rich doesn't have the same ring to it, but she Jane would have been happy. Ives. She would have been happy. She would have had a, her actual parents. Mm. So kind of like with Terry, where there's parallels to Elle, Andrew, for me, or Andy, as I think he is known throughout the book, for me has very strong parallels to Mike, especially yes. season one and two Mike. Yes, 100%. The bit geeky bit funny you know what I mean that it just just for me it feels like that's what they were trying to do with this hates Dr Brenner yeah exactly it just feels like it immediately was suspicious yeah it does feel it it does feel intentional it does the way that even like you said about the, the fellowship and the party it's hmm. just very does he come up similar. with that name or am I being silly I think it's him he does I'm sure Andrews has come up with fellowship yeah, I think it's him. He is 
pretty much immediately suspicious. Yeah, and I think of the whole situation. I think as soon as he come up as well, I mean, obviously because we have the benefit of hindsight that we know yeah. that he's clearly not around. I feel no. like as soon as he was introduced, I think you kind of had that feeling of, oh, like you just kind of knew that this wasn't yeah. going to end. He was like the perfect, friendly, supportive kind of person. You just think, this doesn't make a good story. <laughs> because it's, no. No. Um, and I think, yeah. So, Andrew... Uh, it says here, grew up from relatively well-off parents. Mike, I would say. Do you mean Amber? <laughs> yeah, see, this is the thing with him as well, that if they are paralleling these two, doesn't look good for Mike. For Mike. It really doesn't. Definitely not. And, and he is a big contender for a big death. I really think so. I thought that for a good while as well. It just, I don't know. But anyway, uh, we keep hinting that things aren't going to go well for Andrew. It doesn't. Um, What happens, he is then sent off to Vietnam. And he dies. Yes. But the thing that's really important to know about this is that this was at the time where the birthday drafting was a thing. So that... um, for those that don't know, the wars uh, with the Vietnam War, especially like they would read out your birthday as a drafting thing, and anyone born on that day had to was drafted and had to go and fight. That happens with An- Andy, and you think, okay, that happens, coincidence. He's been chosen, but actually, the chapter before Brenner has asked for his information, not from him, from someone else. Um, get the information and then he just conveniently ends up going to the war um, Terry then later realises Brenner did it and Brenner is the reason why he's dead because Brenner couldn't still work with Terry and take Terry's child with Andrew still around because he knew how suspicious Andrew was of the whole situation so mm-hmm. it is Brenner's fault that Andy dies and the yeah. L does not have her biological dad with her. It is yeah. his fault. Even says on the wiki as well that, um, so the way it kind of works, if anyone has seen the musical hair, this is actually a very good example of kind of how it works as well. Um, the idea that if you were in school, I think if you were studying, you would kind of avoid the drafting, drafting in a way because you yeah. were studying, you were in school. Um, so Andrew does get expelled um, because of Brenner, which means he is then sent away. So that is how that works and it's how it yes. works in hair as well hair is my favorite musical so please go and watch hair or listen to the soundtrack it's so good and it's just this is not a hair podcast anyway. no but yeah i it, i can see the parallels yeah um it's the same yeah, time it, it, as well so I, I think it's actually pretty much the same year yeah mm. um so yeah brenner is just not nice in the fact that like like, but then that also shows again the power that he has Hmm. which is terrifying do you have to just pull the strings like that and go oh you're expelled and that's it it's just you're gonna go fight in a war now you're gonna go die yeah it's just it's kind of a bit incredible 
really and also it, terrifying. It is scary. Yeah. yeah. It, and, and that scares me more than a demogorgon ever could. Yeah. And I think that's what makes... That's why I kind of hope that there's nothing supernatural about him. Because this is more... I mean, obviously it's more real, but it's that kind of real idea of, oh, well, this could happen. Whereas I think if yeah. it's supernatural all the time, you, you don't get that feeling. Yeah. No, 100%. It's not as much of a threat because are Demogorgons actually real or not, you know? Yeah. Um, and I guess we'll then move on to Terry. Just before, I just want to say the interesting thing is um, Hopper also fought in Vietnam. Yes. So is it does does he know andrew that's like did he ever meet him does he ever know him uh, that's just a, we'll probably never know the answer to that question but hmm. yeah i, mean, I don't know because i mean season four we are meant to kind of get hopper backstory i kind of don't want him to have known him though because i feel that's predictable yeah or if he did know him it was only literally in passing yeah not kind of like a we were best friends i, I don't want yeah. that because I, no. Anyway, Terry Ives, uh, the big one, so to speak. I feel the like we've one. spoken so much about Brenner that I think this is going to be the last character, pretty much. Yeah. So Terry is obviously Elle's mum. Um, mm-hmm. She, interestingly, is never meant to be on the program, and no. uh, enters on behalf of someone else's friend because I think doesn't she say that oh, I need the money or she doesn't want yeah. her friend doing this? It's something like those lines and goes. I will do it in your place. Um, it wasn't supposed to be her. Yeah, so we get that real sense. I think that's really kind of the key example of what her character is like. And it's just yeah. like more selfless, that kind of thing. And we see that throughout, actually, even with the interactions mm-hmm. with Callie. She's very headstrong, and when she wants to do something, she will do it. Um, when they're trying to all get out, I think get Callie out, they conduct this whole plan of... Alice will fake her death. We'll do this. We'll act in this part. We'll all leave there, which unfortunately is figured out. But it's yeah. very much, you know, there's a plan there and she needs she needs to do it, which we also see later on, post the book, when she discovers that her daughter is alive and didn't miscarriage in the third trimester as she is ter- as she is turd, as she is told. Told. <laughs> That's the word. Um, as she's told. Um, and then kind of goes, okay, fine. I'm going to break into the lab, get her I'm going to get her back. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, 100%. And she is a fighter. And, and the second she realises that this isn't legit, she is fully standing up against Brenna. She doesn't, she's not... She doesn't hold back. She tells Brenner when she knows he's done something that's dodgy. She, like what she says about it was you, you're the reason why Andy went to the war. And and she realises, you know, she goes and snoops around. She realises that this is about children and she knows that that's not right. She wants to help Callie. And there's actually some really interesting conversations that she has with Callie, which again, put in perspective what Brenner is like, um... She literally says, Callie says to Terry at one point, he finds out everything. There are no secrets from Papa. Hmm. And that, again, is terrifying. Um, But she, even hearing that, she still wants to try and have this plan. She wants her friends to be safe. She wants her child to be safe. Like, she is fully ready to just fight. Hmm. What's also just about Terry as well is that she 
can see into the void. So she can go into yes. that void that Elle can as well. Yes. Which, this is something I've always found strange. And I can't remember when the book came out as opposed to season two. But so the book came out in 2019, season two was 2017. So it might be a... So it couldn't... It might be a retcon thing then? I'm not sure. Because um, obviously Terry can somehow change the channels, can't she? She seems to have yeah. retained that kind of sense of power. Post... Yeah, without the drugs. Yeah. So that's something actually... It could be a retcon thing or it could be more something we're going to see post book anyway and she's discovered she can do it but anyway so she has that kind of power of the void things it's interesting that's passed on to l or is it yeah. kind of a case of that's l coming through yes yeah so is it yeah. more did she yeah it's sort of that theory of like does the does the program does the experiments do they just heighten what you've already got so so she obviously like Alice is able to see into the future with the electric thing Gloria uh, Ken has the powers before but you think is that maybe something that Terry might have had like maybe dreams about before hmm. but then the experiments have just heightened that yeah because it's one of the things that in theory it's it's interesting in itself and this has been something that's been a thing before MK Ultra that Obviously, there was Timothy Leary in America, who was very much mm -hmm. like um, LSD opens the mind and we should use this. And I think it's still a big discussion that even on forums, there is still that kind of idea that LSD and those kind of drugs do kind of take you to another subconscious that... dimension. Yeah, exactly. Another dimension, all that kind of thing. So that idea is still there. So in theory, yeah, it could work that even though it's yeah. horrific and they are having electroshock and things like that maybe maybe it is that then maybe those powers have kind of always been there and it's just yeah heightening it but yeah it's like let her tap mm. into them and now she knows how to tap in but it's the same as l like at the very beginning her powers need she needs a whole pool mm. with all this stuff in order to go into it and then by the end of it she needs a blindfold yeah that, that's it her, and, and you know they get stronger and a little bit of static so it's like does terry has terry had that same thing where they've evolved over time hmm. which yeah is another parallel it's a shame because i think it's so we'll never actually really know because i don't think we're going to no. see much of terry again if no because i don't think it's going to be a big thing of we're going to be able to get her back because i think she's too far gone yeah which is a shame but i think it is a shame, yeah. but I think she is a character that is a character that we've learned about her past, but I don't know if we're going to see... I don't know if she fits into the future of what's happening. No, I think it's kind of rounded off Elle to bring her into yeah. it. I think season two was kind of the moment for her where she's like, I figure out where I am now. And that was a big theme yeah. for her within that, even like visiting Callie and then going actually know yeah. my home is back there she tried to go to her mum's didn't she and that didn't work kind of like closure yeah exactly i think that chapter that's the word i've been looking for the entire time of that <laughs> big explanation the chapter, chapter is, on that. Is, is ended that's yeah. done yeah exactly yeah. that's ended of her and i think now for her 
her life is with the buyers. I really like Terry as a character. Like, she's genuinely, like, one of my favourite characters in this book and a character which I'm so glad we got to see more of because you see her in this show and you think she's, you know, what, what even her sister thinks, that she's just gone crazy because she lost her child. And actually there is... She is someone that has been through so much who was literally tortured hmm. because of what what has happened. And she also, if you look at the six comics, inadvertently did free a bunch of children. So she kind of completed, in a sense, what she was trying to do anyway, if we're taking yeah. the six comics as a canon as thing. Canon as well, yeah. Um but yeah, I think she's a really good character. I, I really like that whole little group. I think that Suspicious Minds is one of the bonus contents, which I really, really, really did enjoy and that I really thought actually had such a... Hmm. such a... was a real good use of bonus content and yeah. a good use of bonus material, and I like that. Yeah, kind of like I said at the beginning, like with the Will comics doing that as well, it added to it in a sense that it wasn't... I know I brought up retcon, but you know what I mean? That it kind of... It added in a sense that it didn't change too much about what we know, and but simply extended that. Whereas I think some of the other comics, so as nice as Zombie Boys is, and as, you know, as pleasant, for example, like we were talking about last week, Zombie Boys added in another character which seemed to randomly disappear. And even though it gave us kind of extra bonus content about the party, it didn't it didn't quite fit properly. No, it, it was think, it was yeah. bonus content rather than extended yeah, I content. Think that, yeah. It was a like it's like a deleted scene rather than an extended scene. Yeah. This is that part that if you've ever read manga which I'm sure majority of people have. You know, they're kind of like I cannot remember. It's like an omake or omake. Yeah. That however you want to pronounce it at the back, where it's like that little bonus story thing that you didn't need, but you get to think, oh, I'm seeing this character again. You know what I mean? It's that kind of part. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't need it, but it was sweet. Whereas Suspicious Minds, I feel like actually, I mean, we didn't need any of it, but like it, it. Suspicious Minds was more of an actual very good exploration and very good necessary bonus content to understand what happened to so many characters. Yeah, I think that and the war comics are how you do bonus content right. As in, and I think always working prequels, which I know the war comics isn't quite a prequel because it was running alongside, but do you know what I mean? That it's easier to work in prequels than it is to work in in-betweens or in future yeah etc no i get that which darkness on the edge of town kind of does a little bit of both but that will be next week's discussion yes next week (laughs) next week that's my favorite one but that's because it's about hopper and um i love him yeah you can't say i have any favoritisms for any characters though because you just Yeah, so that'll be what we're discussing next week. So if you want to read Darkness on the Edge of Town, you've got a week. Hmm. Yes, get reading. Get reading. Get reading. Get reading. So yeah. So you can catch us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, 
tuned in and pretty much wherever you can listen to a podcast our social yes. medias are at hawkins podcast and that is on facebook instagram twitter and youtube 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 we are hawkins do you copy but you will find us for, for on all if you go on our social medias you'll find our youtube exactly Perfect. and while you're there give us a follow you know and if you listen to us on spotify there is no harm in subscribing to us or going over to apple and giving us a like you know it helps it's great it's you know we're not going to complain <laughs> no no we're not we're so, not at all yes yeah. thank you guys for listening to episode 10 of the hawkins do you copy podcast and we will speak to you next week over and out hawkins